You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on our coverage, our exclusive coverage of Third Watch recap series. We're still in the second season of Third Watch, the the best season of Third Watch. Let's be honest. Uh, we're up to the third episode. It's called Four Days. This first aired on the 16th of October in the year 2000. It was written by Ed Allen Bonero and John Ridley, and it was directed by Felix Enriquez Alcala. And uh, we've got a doc episode, and this is a very, very interesting episode. Um, a very powerful, very strong, very well-acted episode, and uh, definitely, uh, I'm going to say, one of probably, you, I have to argue, this might be a top ten episode of Third Watch. It's It's a very strong and relevant episode too that uh i think still 17 years later holds up very very uh very well which i i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing uh but uh we'll get to that and we've obviously got a special episode here today too in terms of uh who's talking to you i'll start off by introducing myself you might hear a different voice here all of a sudden uh, my name is ben and i come here for your bagels not your bible class <laughs> And my name's Darvell, Darvell Stewart, new to the podcast, and Hyde, I drive a giant red and white van with flashing lights and a siren. Are you stupid? <laughs> Darvell, mate, welcome to the Oz Network. Yes, everybody, you are hearing a brand new voice here on the show. Um, no, Brandy hasn't been fired. Brandy is busy, and uh, we've decided to bring it in. Busy Brandy. Voice. Busy Brandy. <laughs> hashtag Busy Brandy. Um, yeah, first hashtag. <laughs> yes, our first hashtag. Um, but, Darvell, very excited. Well, obviously, I mean, I mentioned you on an episode previously uh, where I kind of butchered your name and you told me how to say it properly. But uh, it's it's a pleasure to, to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to have listeners to the Third Watch coverage because I remember going into this thinking, is anybody even going to tune into these? Uh, but first of all, welcome. And secondly, I think this is a good opportunity just before we get into this episode. Give us a bit of a background of your fandom of Third Watch. I mean, obviously, Brandy and I spoke a little bit about it in the first season. But uh, while our listeners are getting to know you here, I mean, how, how did you get involved in, in watching the greatest TV show of all time? Well, it's actually quite interesting. I started out... I, I knew what it was back when it aired. I will say that. I saw a few promos for it back when it originally aired, but I just never got around to watching it, you know, and uh, I stumbled across a a lot of clips from it on YouTube one random night, I think it was about five years ago, and uh, let's just, I don't want to give too much away as to what the clip was that really piqued my interest, but let's just say it involved a very intense scene with two major characters at the end of one of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't want to give too much yes, away. Yes, no, I, yeah, I yes. know the one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so it was that scene, and it just got me wondering, okay, how did they get away with showing this particular scene? And then fast forward about a year later, I saw the opening moments of more monsters the season six premiere and after watching those those intense like 15 minutes and ben by the way those were an intense first 15 minutes of that episode Mm -hmm. but we'll talk more about that we'll get to that when we get to season six but yeah after watching that little clip i then looked up the title of that episode 
you know, because I wanted to know what it was. And when I saw the title of the episode, I was like, okay, I'll go back onto YouTube, type in this episode, see if I can find it. Lo and behold, the entire episode was on there. So after I got through watching that, I started thinking, wow, I love this. Now, I wonder if the whole series is up on YouTube. At that time, it was. So I remember I went back, typed in Third Watch Season 1, Episode 1, and I was off. The rest you know, it was is a good history. thing I wasn't wor- – <laughs> yeah, you know – it's a good thing I wasn't working at that time. I I just graduated from college, or as you Aussies call it, uni. Um, <laughs> good, to, good to know you're I down just, with our lingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just <laughs> – hey, I know a few Australians. What can I say? We're a good bunch. Um, I had, Yes, definitely, definitely. And nice accents, too, if Thank I you. do say so myself. I grew it myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway um, – like I said, it was a good thing I wasn't working and all at the time that I got into the show because I can't tell you how many all-nighters I pulled just because I, I could not stop watching. <laughs> I could not stop watching. It's a bit that way. It's and I'm finding that with this, um, with, now that we're into the second season, I just legitimately just want to keep watching it. And I'm like, no, no, you can't keep watching these episodes, Ben. You've got to wait. You've got to write notes. You've got to do this. But like, I'm seriously just with this season. I mean, it's not that I didn't really want to with the first season, but I just love this second season so much. And I think it's kind of you get a flow with Third Watch that once you really get into it, mm-hmm. um, you just want to keep watching it. And, it's, and it's, it's not a show that I guess... You know, we we talk about TV today and the golden age of television and how shows are deliberately made for binge-watching now. I mean, Third Watch was never a show made that way because, I mean, again, this is late 90s, early 2000s when this really wasn't a thing. But I, I think the fact that you can still do this and want to do this, it's just... Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I've definitely spent a good portion of my life uh, just staying up all night watching this show. <laughs> yeah, do you reckon if it... If it uh were to come out today or if it were rebooted unlikely but let's say let's live in a fantasy land for a minute and say that it was do you think do you think it would be you think people would be binge watching it today uh honestly no uh i think it's um i think this if this was to come out today it's still sort of a network sort of it'd be it'd be on the same vein as a blue bloods or you know chicago fire chicago like it's nothing out of the ordinary compared to what, you know, these other shows are. I mean, I think what Third Watch is held higher above, of course, which, again, it never gets credit for, is its cast and its, you know, the the character-driven storylines and just how well this cast gels together and how well the dialogue is and how natural everything is, um, particularly for at least the first four and a half seasons. Um, so, yeah, I, I think on that vein, it wouldn't. But um, one thing I think which... Um, it's, it's interesting to note sort of in talking about, you know, this is a show that will never get rebooted ever because, again, it never had the fan base for to do it, so it won't happen. But um, the one thing actually that I've noted that I've, I've only just discovered, and I don't, this is kind of a bit of a tangent before we get into the episode here, uh, yeah, that's okay. I'm used to those. But, well, it's the Oz <laughs> Network. This is what we do. But, um, you know, it's it's sort of interesting talking about a reboot. Now, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Murphy, the, the writer, of course, guy behind, you know, Nip Tuck, Glee, American Horror Story. You know, everything Ryan Murphy does to me is gold. He's never done a bad TV show. 
Um, and he's got a few in the pipeline. And one that's actually coming out this television season, sort of in terms of dating this episode, sort of in the 2017-2018 television season, which is a show which uh, we're looking at possibly covering because we were going to randomly just choose a new show to start with from the beginning to see if it turns out to be a big hit or a big piece of shit. Um, and like, we, we, I guess Colin and Jamie have kind of started that with Star Trek Discovery, but this is sort of just more of an obscure one. Ryan Murphy's got a new show coming out called 911. Now, I'm just going to read the synopsis of this, uh, here, Darvell, and you tell me if this sounds familiar. Okay. You ready for this? Okay. Created by, Lay it on me. created by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, the series follows the lives of first responders, cops, paramedics, and firefighters. Oh, very familiar. So there you go. We have a new show coming Third out. Third Watch in- 2017. By Ryan Murphy, <laughs> by all people. Like, this is the guy who I fucking love. Like, I don't swing that side of the fence. I would marry Ryan Murphy. This guy is a legend. He's a he's a genius. Um, and I'm looking here at the cast. It's it's not... I mean, this is kind of going with this... I, I don't want to say unknowns. These are people who are known in certain contexts. You got Peter Krause, you got Kenneth Cho, uh, you got Angela Bassett, Connie Britton, uh, Aisha Hines, Rockman Dunbar, and Oliver Stark. They're the cast that have sort of been named, but they're not household names. I mean, going into Third Watch, yeah, people had known who Jason Wiles and Michael Beach were based on some of their other work. Um, you know, but for the most part, a lot of these casts were unknowns coming into, um, you know, Third Watch. So it's interesting to see that this is a show nearly 20 years after Third Watch. It's about to start. There's not a whole lot of other news here that I can see that's been announced on this show. I don't know where it's set. I don't know if it's going to be a, a New York based show or anything along the lines. It's a Fox show, so it's not an NBC show. But I just, I just, I needed to take time to point this out that this is interesting how we're doing Third Watch, but we literally have a show here which the exact premise of it, all we've got is follows the lives exactly. of first responders, cops, paramedics, and firefighters. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Well, is it going to be hit? Is it going to be a hit or is it going to be shit? <laughs> um, <laughs> hashtag hit or shit. <laughs> <laughs> Second hashtag. Um, well, let me think here. You know, as long as they don't try to, shall we say, imitate Third Watch, yeah. then I think they've got, I think they've got something. But I don't, I honestly don't see it being as, shall we say, realistic as Third Watch, and I know it's kind of unfair to pass judgment on some to pass judgment on something that hasn't even debuted yet. Yeah. But I mean take a look at take a look at how T V is now versus how it was uh seventeen, eighteen years ago. Um these days I don't I let me just put it like this. I honestly think that every episode – I hope I'm wrong here, but I honestly think every episode would probably have a, shall we say, a a fairy tale ending. Uh, By that I mean, you know, you know, everything is neatly everything is neatly wrapped up and uh, all that, and to an extent, yes. I, I mean, sugar coated. It, it would be sugar coated. Are you talking about in what you think this new show will be, or what Third Watch is? <laughs> 
what this new show will right, be. Okay, good. I was going to say watch third watch definitely not. not but yeah, I would agree. Third, third I would watch agree. definitely was not sugarcoat. I, I just I will quickly interrupt you there, Dubbo. I'm just I'm just noticed here. This is all live on air technically, even though we're posting this episode a few weeks after what we've done. Uh, I've actually gone. They've got a website and they've actually released a teaser of this in the last few days. And I'm watching this without sound right now. Uh, but it does appear that this is set in LA, so it's not in New York. So I guess straight away we can take away those automatic comparisons to the show. But um, I mean, the trailer looks very fast paced. Uh, we've got Angela Bassett there as a cop. Connie Britton is some sort of computer tech person. Uh, Peter Krause here is a firefighter rescuing a baby. Oh no, a woman's just jumped off a building. Uh, <laughs> so um, it sounds familiar. But, but like, it's got here viewer discretion advised. So it looks like it's a little bit gritty. Look. I, I, one thing I will say... Your discretion is advised. We, we, we'll get into this episode, and maybe we'll have to do a... I, I, we're definitely going to cover this show, whether or not it's Colin and I, whether or not it's not you, myself, and Brandy, because, I mean, this this is just crying out to be called, because this is the weirdness in terms of our connections with the shows we're doing. Nip Tuck, that we're doing as one of our other main shows, is Ryan Murphy vehicle. Uh, I love Ryan Murphy. We're doing Third Watch. This is all basically the same premise as Third Watch. Um, and I think kind of... The reason why this show, like, if you had told me they're doing a new show based on, you know, first responders, and it wasn't done by Ryan Murphy, and it wasn't on the Fox Network, I'm probably going to, like, roll my eyes and go, I don't want to watch this crap, it's just ripping off Third Watch. But I think I can look at this a little bit differently, because Fox, I'm a fan of 24, Fox generally do pretty decent good dramas. Um, they can get away with a little bit more, I feel, than like, NBC can. And also, Ryan Murphy, as I said before, everything he touches is gold. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually kind of excited for this now. Uh, it looks like it's premiering in January, so we've still got a couple of months to, to get to. But um, I mean, the cast is great too. Angela Bassett, I love Angela Bassett. She's a great actress. She's been in American Horror Story uh, in another Ryan Murphy show, and, and that's not all she's been in. Of course, she's been in lots of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is I've got just based on a, watching a sixty-second trailer without sound and reading about it and knowing Ryan Murphy's attached to it. Kind of excited for this, Darvel. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I, I am too. I'll have to check out the. I'll have to check out the trailer myself. Yeah, it's only just come out, and it's also directed. McGee is involved. I don't know if you remember McGee, the genius behind the original Charlie's Angels movies from the early two thousands, uh, and he also was involved in the OC, another huge guilty pleasure of mine. So, um, just yeah, I never got into that. Ah, uh, uh, that's that's a that's something I hope we can do one day. I knew Oz what Network. it was, but one day on the Oz I never Network, got I want it. I want the OC. I want the OC Oz, um, and that only goes for. Four Four seasons. You can get over that and done with pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, so just we're, we're here. We've yeah, introduced so Arbel. We've introduced Nine One One as a show that's coming out. Uh, Brad Folchuk as well, also heavily involved in Nip Tuck. So um, yeah, there's a there's an interesting weirdness there that people who are behind Nip Tuck are kind of doing a new Third Watch. And this this also another thing too, which you should point out with this, this might create some nostalgia for Third Watch if this comes out and it's very similar to Third Watch in aspects. I'm sure people will start going, oh, didn't there used to be a show about this like 20 years ago? Um, so, yes, what- yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could very, I mean, Third Third Watch could very well, shall we say, build their audience more as a result of this show. It could. Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to keep an eye on it. But anyway, uh, that will keep definitely keep an eye on it. We spent 15 minutes uh, on this episode talking about not what we're meant to be talking about on here, but that's what we do on the Oz Network. Um, <laughs> we're here to talk yep, about four days. And 
look, the thing that I say, keep saying about this second season, Darbell, and I know you've listened to sort of our coverage with Brandy, and um, yes, it's just this season is so good. It's so so good. I would argue this is one of the best overall TV seasons in the history of TV, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge biased third watch fan. I mean, even just sitting here kind of in the lead up to this episode, I'm just quickly going over what episodes are to come in terms of refreshing my memory. I can't see one bad episode this season. Even the next episode, a Jimmy episode, and you're probably thinking, oh, Ben's going to be going off at a Jimmy episode. Like, I love the next episode. Like, I just, I don't think there's a bad episode this season. And this is where it's just like, this season holds up. I I honestly, as I think I said at the beginning of this uh, season, I doubt I might not not buy it. I reckon I could probably buy every episode this season, and I'm not going to do it deliberately just to keep that trend up. But to me right now, I cannot see myself doing anything less than a buy all season. So, yeah, I'm I'm extremely just pumped for this season. And this episode, like, the thing that mm-hmm. this episode, and you said this to me, I'm sorry I kind of stole your thunder away when I mentioned that at the introduction of this uh, <laughs> this episode. This is an episode... That's okay, we can expand on it. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll discuss this throughout the episode. And this is a, definitely an episode that is relevant today. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um... And the thing that we, I know Brandy and I talked a lot about in the first season that Third Watch does well is when it deals with social issues, when it deals with, you know, race or sex or things like that, it doesn't shove it down your throat. It doesn't go out of its way to really make it a big deal. This is the episode I think we referenced in the first season where, you know, Doc sort of has an episode based around this. But, like, I can say watching this episode, and I'm a white guy, that I'm watching this episode hating white people. Um, and thinking, like, I just really having this connection to... I shouldn't say connection, that's not the right word to say. But really kind of sympathising with sort of issues that are obviously faced around things that I will never understand based on who I am and what I what colour my skin is, if you know what I mean. So, I... Yes, I get that. It's so well done, this episode. And it's like, having said that, I still feel this episode isn't done in a manner where you're meant to come out of it completely hating... Like, it's, it's done in such a manner where it's very much on, on the fence, if you know what I mean. Like, it's not completely, like, shoved in your face, this is the issue, without taking away from other sides of the argument. I feel it's a very centred right. episode in the fact that you can kind of see aspects of where, say, uh, the police are coming from, but you can also obviously see aspects of where the African-American community are coming from, if you know what I mean. It's, it's centred. That's what I'm right, trying to say. Right, right. Right, and and as a and as a as a black man, I will say, I, I I get I get what you're saying there too. I agree with you there. Yeah, it's it's in the so, sense that so well done, and like obviously we're going to like talk mm-hmm. about that aspects with it, but we'll jump straight into it here. Uh, the first thing I have to complain, like I love this episode. I'm probably going to buy it. I probably I'm going to say, oh, uh, right. here comes your dirty kid moment. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> this is the dirty kid. This is the what the hell? I thought we were done with this. Why is it back tonight on Third Watch? Fuck off! We don't need this crap! I don't... Why is this back? Tonight on Third Watch. <laughs> oh, like, I don't know if you have much to say on Tonight on Third Watch after we've complained about it during the first season, but I thought we were done at the first season. I thought that was it. No more Tonight on Third Watch. But it's here. It's in a brilliant episode. Why? <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to rele- I'm going to have you breathe a sigh of relief by saying that I don't know why, but for some reason, my copy of season two, I have both seasons one and two on DVD. Mm-hmm. 
My copy of season two doesn't have the previously on third watch segments after the lost. I think you can turn them off on the DVDs. I discovered that on my DVDs that there's actually, because I think when I did a rewatch last year, um, I got like a lot way into it. I'm like, why am I not seeing the previously on third watch things? And like, all of a sudden I noticed there's like a, a function in your menu. You can actually turn them off. And I've never seen that in a DVD before. So that might just be the case. You've got it switched off. Hmm. I'll have to have I'll have to have someone I'll have to have someone look at it. Mm. It's interesting. I I, I noticed that, but um, yeah. I, look, I, I'm 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 just giving up on saying now whether or not this is the last time we ever see tonight on Third Watch because I mean, for fuck's sake, it's probably in the final in season six that I forgot about. Um, so. No, it is. It, it definitely isn't in the series finale. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I know Orkides is probably listening to this, and he's great uh, at sort of sending me in sort of things that I sort of overlook. Uh, so, Orkides, please, if you're listening, and um, for some reason uh, I'm going off at this, you probably like he, he legitimately exactly what he'll message me and say like, "Oh no, there's three more of these." So. I want to know which ones I have to just, like, ignore when it comes to... Because I hate this Tonight on Third Watch business. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> do you do you like it? Do you have any opinion on it at all, Darvell? Uh, to tell you the truth, I never really paid much attention to it. Because, <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've watched uh, seasons one and two now. I got them, like, uh, I think maybe three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and... To tell you the truth, I don't pay attention to that. I'm just looking forward to the episodes. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to listen to that sort of advice. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned, this is a doc episode. So the, obviously, uh, just to kind of refresh people's memory, season two is generally each episode, well, the majority of the episodes, I think sort of like 20 of the 22 episodes or 19 of the 22 episodes, um, are pretty much a, a character-based episode. They're really all about one character. So this is our first doc episode. Now, we get, I believe... Mm-hmm three doc episodes this season from memory uh at least two technically three um yes number yeah episode three episode 10 and episode 20 yeah there you go so you're you're very much like orchidas you two are going to battle it out with your random stats here i like it um but (laughs) but but on that if i'm not mistaken at no point do we get michael beach narrating these episodes though like you know last no we don't yeah which i I found a kind of an interesting sort of thing because obviously you know we we had uh molly price narrating the episode we'll get eddie sibrian narrating the next episode skip sardis did the first one i don't believe i believe kim raver does a kim's hope one i think uh kobe bell does the yes, tie bind so like we kind of i don't think so actually yeah no just on that i don't think kobe bell does i'll just correct myself i don't does jason wiles i'm just going i think jason wiles might yes he does yes jason wiles does i'm pretty sure he does the uh he doesn't get one to a lot actually, later in the actually, season actually, does he actually he does he does 11 and 12 i'm pretty sure yeah a hero's rest and walking wounded is that his oh, no no um, a hero's rest and oh god what is episode 12 called uh episode 12 is true love that's a yes ah yes, right yeah yeah no you're right yep sorry i'm looking at the wrong ones here um yep. yeah what do you think oh sorry no you go please sorry about that ben but let's say let's say that michael beach did narrate did an opening narration for this episode i mean I wonder what it would even be, now that you mention that. The thing is... I wonder what he'd say. The thing is, though, it wouldn't work. I don't think it would work. No. You you don't need it this episode. This is what makes this episode so powerful, 
is is based on this four day notion that you just have that sort of um, subtitle on the screen saying what day it is. Then you kind of get him running with the music, and then obviously they intertwine that with uh, we got what a speech. I believe that's Martin Luther King at one point, and is the speech at the end? Yes. Is that is that Kennedy? I think that is at the end. Um, I'm pretty sure it is Bobby Kennedy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of it's how they do it. I, it doesn't work, and like there's. The the one which, is the doc episode the next one when he's doing that weird martial arts thing. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Episode ten. I'm not a fan of the martial arts sequences, but I like the episode. Um, but that's kind of the dirty kid moment of that episode is the martial arts section. But um, wow, you know you're looking for dirty kid <laughs> moments when you start looking for for ones in future episodes. Oh, believe me, there's definitely future <laughs> you love episodes your of dirty kid dirty moments. Kid oh, moments don't you? This is sticking with us forever. But I mean, like, just even thinking about sort of some of the other character episodes in terms of the narration, like Michael Beach doesn't get it. But again, it kind of it, he doesn't need them in his episodes. The the one that I'm obviously standing out in my mind here, it's you know, arguably to me the second best episode in the history of Third Watch, the self-importance of being Carlos. I mean, we technically get narration, but that's kind of almost Carlos talking to himself. So, yeah. it's, it's... I mean, that episode is just so cleverly done, but we'll get to that. We're still a long way away from that episode, but, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just I just wanted... I thought that was an interesting thing to point out, that in the three Doc episodes, we don't get Michael Beach narrating, and I, I'm guessing that's a deliberate thing. I'm not saying that's Michael Beach being a diva going, oh, no, I'm not narrating. I think that's probably just more of a, a character thing, that it probably didn't fit in with the Doc character, if you know what I mean. Well... He actually does narrate one. The he actually does an spoiler alert. He actually does do an opening narration to one in season three. Yeah, well, that's so next season. That's true because the thing about season three is that um, they they make them a little bit more sporadic, don't they? In terms of these character ones, like they still are there, but it's sort of you know obviously the first what five six episodes of season three are all nine eleven based. But um, that's the thing that with season three, they kind of intertwine it a lot more. Whereas season two is, as I think I said, like 19 or 18 of these episodes are solely on one character. Season three, they kind mm-hmm. of mix it up, don't they? Like, we still get your character yes. episodes. Like, I know Taylor eventually gets an episode and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, that's, and that's the thing with season three. Like, I talk about season two being underrated. I mean, season three in itself is also underrated because they, they kind of they bridge that gap between what they did in season two and then also season one and sort of move forward with that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and and I'll say right now, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves and way, way, way off topic. But <laughs> we always do it. And I, Welcome I thought, to the show, Darvell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but season, but out of all the seasons, uh, you say season two is is your favorite. Season three is mine. Look, I, it is by far my favorite. I think I was talking this to Brandy. Season three and four to me are kind of like they're still underrated. They're the ones that I would know the least. Season three and four, um, and it's not that I haven't seen them as much as I've seen the other ones. For some reason, I just kind of gel those two in together. But I'm looking forward to getting to them just because um, I know there's some great stuff in those ones. You know, when we ultimately, oh, yes. when we ultimately also get to the cruise stuff in season four, and you know, Brandy's a huge cruise fan. I'm a huge cruise fan. Uh, and again, that's going to be fun to talk about that because a lot of Third Watch fans say that's when the show jumped the shark, which I don't agree with. But anyway, <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence about her, but we'll discuss that more when. Yeah, we're still we two can... seasons away from when. when... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. We're, I mean, we're, we're literally an episode away. I mentioned this at the end of last episode. This is our last episode of Third Watch with the original nine. This is this is it. Mm-hmm. This is your last taste 
of the 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 originals uh because next episode we get the introduction to our first new major character so um we just we 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 should again reiterate that even though this isn't an episode where we see everyone uh although we kind of do see every we see we get a mention of Jimmy so all we do get a, an appearance by all eight of them we just get a Jimmy reference yeah. so i mean technically they're all in this episode um but anyway so we get this great sort of uh, opening sequence here with Doc, uh, and kind of we get these little flashes of... Uh, I mean, it's never implied or never specifically explained that this is Doc, but I'm guessing this is Doc as a little boy. Um, he's in an apartment. Um, it's his dad or some family member is obviously uh, in, in need of medical assistance, and he's sort of um, just watching the paramedics uh, go to town. Um and I guess kind of like, I mean, we'll, we'll mention sort of throughout this where the, uh, the flashbacks are, but we can probably just talk about this sort of sequence altogether. I mean, it's kind of a nice little scene. Uh, you know, young Doc watching and then one of the paramedics eventually gives him his little, uh, pin, his little medical pin. And obviously, you know, it's kind of intertwining in between, you know, uh, this and sort of scenes as we get through this episode. But, um, I mean, I often think about when I think about flashbacks in third watch, you know, I think of the, the Bosco and uh, Yokus episode when they're in the academy, obviously. Then uh, when we're in season six with Sully, when, you know, we get him sort of mm-hmm. in his younger days. Um, and then, I know there is a Yokus episode um, where she kind of has flashbacks of her as, I think, a teenager. Um, and also uh, Bobby episode will get... Um, yes, that's right, people. There's a Bobby episode. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. <laughs> actually, there's technically two Bobby episodes, actually, now that I read through these. So uh, I was... A bit- yes, duty... Actually, I would say there are three. True, yeah. Duty, duty, Requiem for a Bantamweight, and uh, Unfinished Business. Two and a, yeah, well, two and a half. I mean, Unfinished Business is, yeah, yeah, it's it's iffy, but it technically is, so three, yeah. It's weird to think that. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. But, um, yeah, he'll, he'll get somewhere. I'm just, I'm just rabbiting over the place here in terms of these flashbacks. I like flashbacks. We're, we're doing, we're covering Lost Darville, so that's all that flashbacks are on that show, so, um, so. <laughs> so now you're getting the two shows mixed. Up. Again, well, again, we're, we're literally all these shows are intertwined, so, um, that's what's it's going some on. Way. Um, but I mean, do you have anything to, uh, this is a weird question to ask you. It's really, uh, just kind of a nice little flashback scene. Anything to add on this nice little scene with Doc as a, as a young kid discovering he wants to be a paramedic, I guess, at this point. Okay, so that was... Was that at the beginning of oh, the Oh, I'm just kind of like lumping all the, of them. Before the music kicks yeah, in? Yeah, it's before the music kicks in, so where we get the opening sequence of it, but I'm just going to kind of lump all that into one, so, like, all the little flashbacks we get. Oh, okay. Okay, well, no no comment No comment, no comment. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, you that's don't, something... You don't I, have I to comment on everything, to... <laughs> so just to let you know. <laughs> okay. Don't think, oh, yeah, shit, I didn't write right. that note down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just... just yeah, to, well, no, no, no comment cry. there. But uh, I think... <laughs> you realize we've been talking now for 30 minutes and we've barely even started on this episode. Uh, so... <laughs> Hey, you said it yourself. It's the Oz Network. It is. That is. You're listening to the Oz Network. Uh, so, um, we get uh, Doc running through the neighbourhood uh, to kind of date this episode. He's uh, listening to a discman and he's listening to Nelly. Come ride with me. If uh, you want to go and take a ride with me with three women in the pole. Song. Mm-hmm. you got a good voice there, Darvell. You can say. <laughs> hey, must, must be the, the money. money. All right. If you want to go and get high with me, smoke an L in the yeah. back of the <laughs> um, Good job there. I love to sing. What can I say? 
Look, uh, I'm down for it. Uh, you know, we don't necessarily use music on this show because copyright reasons, but when it comes to singing, fuck it, just sing all the time. That's that's fine by me. <laughs> now sing the third watch theme. <laughs> <laughs> We need to add lyrics. We need to somebody come up with like lyrics to the opening of the other yeah. show. Um, so we've got him running through yeah. the neighborhood, and this is kind of obviously when things are still good for Doc. So we, you know, get this nice little sequence. Obviously, he knows everybody in the neighborhood. It's Doc, of course, he's going to. So he's um, mm-hmm. breaking up a fight between two little neighborhood kids, and he goes into his yep. uh, local, I guess, bagel shop, and he knows the owner, and he's joking with the two cops in there about paying for it. Um, so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it's a nice little scene. It's typical of what you would expect from Doc. Um, but again, pay close yeah. attention to that scene, because we're going to revisit that by the end of this episode, and things are going to be slightly different. Um, but then we cut to, obviously, there's been a mass shooting in a diner. Um, there's uh, lots of blood everywhere. There's victims everywhere. I kind of say the editing here is fantastic. The way the slow motion is used, the music is fantastic. Um, oh, definitely. Just so good. And this is kind of where they use the sort of the flashback with Doc really well. So we've got this scene of him sort of doing compressions on, uh, on Tanya. And, uh, you know, they kind of flash back to Doc watching the paramedic doing compressions on, I guess, his family. I don't know. I'm going to assume that. I don't think it's his dad. I mean, it could be his dad. Dad obviously doesn't die at that point because we saw his dad die last year. But, um, right. So. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just brilliantly edited, brilliantly cut. And again, the music, I just strongly point out this season to me, a lot of what makes this season so good is just Martin Davich's score is just used so well and effectively in all these episodes. Not that it wasn't last season, but I think they really turn up the the voltage and the, the use of the music this season. It's fantastic. Um, right. So just this whole One opening, thing, though. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, one thing, though, about that scene, and I could be wrong here, but... Were the fire trucks there? Because I swear I, I swear I hear a fire truck siren. Um, so why would the firefighters be on the scene of a mass shooting? Well, yeah, there's a um, there's a line. Uh, I think is it next? It is. It's next episode uh, where they the firefighters are called. And they say, "Oh, we've been called," and they're kind of it's to me. It's just an excuse to get all the characters in one scene. Um, but like, yeah, there's definitely moments when they try and say, oh, the firefighters need to be here. And again, like, this could be a thing in New York. We, we could be just, um, thinking it looks stupid, but maybe it's sort of policy or something where they need to be there. Um, yeah, I don't, I think that I'm just going to quickly try while I'm talking here, see if I can quickly pull the scene up. Cause I, I'm not doubting that. I think there might be one there, but, um, you know, I mean, we've seen that, uh, in Ohio last season when they had the debate, didn't we? Why the fuck is Jimmy and the FDNY hanging out this debate? Oh yes. You know, I mean, there are, there are moments uh, where you kind of like, Because Rudy Giuliani and Hillary Clinton might set each other on fire. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty much. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there are definitely sequences where it's kind of a, a, almost a, a mode of convenience of let's just have them here. I'm just quickly gandering at this scene right now to stretch this out. Doc's getting out of the ambulance. Carlos, there's a bullet hole in the window. Uh, can't see a fire engine in there. So they're in the building. Um, not that I can see. Not that it's flicking through here. So this might be one where they're not. But, um, yeah. But there is definitely one next episode where you question why the hell are the firefighters there. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, this whole this scene is just so effective. It's so great. We obviously get the uh, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do with this episode since we're kind of running a bit behind here. I'm going to lump a lot of these together, so I, I will give you an opportunity right. to talk about some of these. So just pay note to that. Um, so obviously we get the credits in. I actually one thing I say I was I was noting the credits because. Um, I thought it might have been next episode we get our first Amy Carlson in the uh, opening credits. We don't even get that in the next episode. I'm going to assume that will be in episode five. So I'm just kind of taking in the final nine in our opening credits. Um, the first nine, not the final nine. So after the credits, we've uh, kind of got this uh, Doc's in the hospital. <laughs> we get that, uh, the I don't even know what his name is, the, the guy in the waiting room. Who's like, I'm bleeding! What does bleeding mean something anymore? And just dock the way he's so calm. He's like, haven't I always treated you with respect? Like, you know, this is the part where you need to treat me with respect. And this is where this guy's like, I'm sorry. I'll sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, uh, acting all high, acting all high and mighty. And then, oh. Yeah. Sorry, Just Doc. his reaction is brilliant. Just the way he's like, I'm sorry. Just deflates. Yeah. And then Carlos, what does Carlos say? He comes in and kind of has a Carlos dick moment, but it's not such to a, a point where it's like, you know, this guy's going to react. But I, I didn't write down his exact line, but Carlos just says something to this guy. And then they just kind of leave. Um, but, <laughs> well, I can't remember. Yeah. But the one thing we should say, obviously, is we have sort of the first of our news reports here. We see our um, reporter extraordinaire, Haley Friend, what a great name for a reporter. Your friend in Channel 7. Like, uh, and she's like, I don't know if in real life she really is a reporter. She actually has got a fantastic. She does a damn good job. Bloody hell. I'm just looking here. Um, she is. She's legitimately a reporter. I've just looked her up here. Nancy O'Dell. Um, she began her broadcast career as a reporter. Um, uh, so she's worked oh, on yes, ET, yes. Entertainment, uh, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood. Um, yes. So, yeah. And funnily enough, uh, she plays herself basically on everything she's ever been on, except for Third Watch. Um, a lot of the time she just plays reporter. Uh, she's been an actress in some shows, but a lot of the time she just plays herself. She was in two episodes of Thirty Rock. There you go. I like that show. The only show, actually, one of only two shows that I know in the history of television that has actually directly referenced Third Watch. Uh, not including like Medical Investigation and ER, who had crossover episodes. But uh, anyway, um, so. Yeah, uh, I like this woman, but uh, this is one thing that I think this episode does well. As a journalist myself, I'm often always complaining about the fact that, um, you know, TV shows are not necessarily kind to journalists and reporters. We saw that last season, didn't we, uh, with the reporters? Demolition Derby. Yes, exactly. My binned episode. Um, But I will say, the the one thing I think this um, episode does well with the reporting and the TV network stuff, which I can't complain or defend as a reporter... Uh, as a journalist, because like, I hate this practice too when it comes to reporting on the news. I'm the first person who is like, why do they need to always focus specifically on one victim that is involved? Yes. Like, you will have a... Yes, you will have and a, that, that was Doc's pain point as well and, in this episode. And this is where I really sympathise with Doc, because I'm that person. I'm that one who's always like, oh, you know, 10 people would kill today, including a pregnant woman and a six-year-old child. I'm like, well, okay, I'm, it's tragic that those people have died. But eight other people died as well. So, like, why you don't need to... A pregnant woman and a six-year-old child does not hold significance over the other eight victims. All of them died tragically in those circumstances. I understand from a journalist's perspective that there's probably more of a story. There's going to be more of a sympathetic audience when it comes to what they're doing. So I can understand why they do it. I just don't agree with it. Um, 
Yeah. And I think that's... I'm more on Doc's side of things of saying, like, you know, well, what about Tanya? You know, what about the other victims? You know, they keep saying a teacher and other victims, which, again, as I say, I understand why they have to do it as a as a reporter, but at the same time, I don't agree with it. Yeah. I don't know if you had to I mean, on just that little section. And, and, and Doc's... <laughs> I think Doc's issue wasn't so wasn't so much that. Well, he, of course, I mean he was really he was really pissed that you know they you know the reporter was saying a teacher and other victims. Yeah. But seeing as this episode deals a lot with race, do you think he would have been as 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 ticked if? I cannot believe I'm going here. Go there, especially as a black especially as a black man. Do you think he would have said the same thing if the teacher was black? No, I don't. I think he it would have like I I I think this is where it comes from, and I think this is where I was saying before how this episode toes a line where it's kind of done central that you can under like as a as a white guy myself, I can understand from Doc's perspective that like that's a great question. I think you asked Darvell that. I don't think he... I think he kind of accepts it a little bit more if this teacher is is black, African-American. So, um, I just kind of think that a lot of that does come down to the fact that this teacher... I mean, again, this is a thing you've got to see. Like, as a lot of the characters are saying in this episode, like, well, she was a teacher. She was, you know, doing nothing more than being there. It's tragic. It's, It's true. It is tragic that she got shot. But again, it's like, well... You know, uh, well, Doc's line when it's like she gave her life eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> like, I mean, that's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's yeah. I, I I think long-winded answer to your question. I I think that no, he doesn't react the same if she's black. I think that it's kind of he's a bit more not as uh, agitated. Is that the correct word? Maybe or I don't know. What do you agitated, think? What do you think? Edgy, angry, pissed off. Yeah. Do you, what do you think? Do I think he would have said the same thing if the teacher were black? Mm. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know, because... You're thinking. You're thinking, huh? <laughs> you know, he can't... He, <laughs> yeah, he can't... Doc is the kind of person who... I mean, he... I don't even know how this even answers the question, but he cares about everybody. Yeah. He cares about everybody, so... I don't even know how to answer my own question. Well, this, is, this is, this is, I think, comes back into the overall greatness of what Third Watch does. And this is kind of, I think, going back an episode ago with Yokus and kind of what we talk about with her as a, as a female cop. It's barely referenced that she's a female cop. She's just one of... Right. She's just... It doesn't matter what her gender is. Um, there are times when you need to raise the fact she's a female cop. Of course you do. It's no different with Doc. Like, we don't care what colour his skin is. We don't care what colour skin Carlos is, what colour, you know, uh, Davis is, Sully is. Kim or Bobby or... We don't give a shit. It's like, but sometimes you do need to bring it up. Like, the sequence here at the end when we kind of get, um, you know, again, jumping ahead of this episode, but when Doc's sort of, like, yelling at Morales, like, you don't know this community. And then all of a sudden Morales is like, I do know this I grew up in a neighbourhood like this! Exactly. And But, like, at no point do you, like... As a viewer myself, I never watched this thinking like, oh, yeah, well, Morales is, you know, uh, is she Latino? Is she African-American? I'm guessing African-American. Um, yeah, like... You, I, Latino. Yeah, Latino, okay. I, I, I never kind of look at her as anything more than just a character. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But this is one of those moments where you are taken away yeah. from that to realise that she grew up in certain circumstances, if you know what I mean. So this is what Third Watch does so well. It doesn't... 
never makes it an issue unless it has to. This is one of those episodes where you kind of have to, but it's done well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's what yep. is so good about the show. Yeah, if that if that episode were done today and we've beaten this to death, that it would be just as relevant today, if not more so. But if that episode were done today, one thing that I think they would do, and this would actually take away from it, is they would make it one-sided. Oh, well, they do that. I mean, you, you watch Blue Bloods like I do. And, I mean, how many episodes of Blue oh, Bloods yes. have centred around issues like this? And they make it very one-sided. Even, like, when they try and sort of... They try and resolve it with, you know, the good old Reagans coming in and saving the day. At the end of the day, to me, it's very forced and ugh, a bit, like, you know, over the top because... The Reagans are all white, so it's kind of like, you, like, I don't know, there's just something about it that just doesn't sit right with me, uh, whereas, like, Third Watch does it in a way where it kind of almost um, doesn't have a fairy tale ending, like, go back on your point where you were talking about with what 911 would be like. It, I mean, this episode doesn't have a fairy tale ending. They don't walk out of this with no. a resolution. You've got tension. You've still got issues there. And again, this is what this episode does so well, is that, as I'll keep saying this over and over again in this episode, you don't, you don't take one side in this episode. As I said, I sympathise a lot with Doc this episode and what's happening, but I can also see from the police and sort of the other people's perspective as well. You are questioning... Yeah, like episode. when... Oh, sorry. No, I'm done. You go. Yeah. Go for it, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like when Doc like when Doc um interferes with the arrest. Yeah. Are you fucking stupid, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I agree I agree with I agree with Ty. I agree with Ty in the scene after that where, where he comes up and chastises him, you know, he's like He's like, a, he's like, it's not smart. Mm. And Doc is and you know, Doc i mean his emotions are still running on high and and I, I love what he I love what he says. I, well, I I love what he says, but I also don't love what he says to Ty when Ty just turns and walks away. I will get to that. Well, you yeah. better leave that uniform on because that's your leave this nigga alone card. Mm. It's um. And and I, I I never use that. I always try to avoid using that word disclaimer. I always try uh, to I avoid using say that. But I, I, won't, had, I will not say but that. But I had to mention it. Yeah, I I, I would not have I, said that word. So um. But yeah, it's um. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the thing this episode does as well. Which I mean, we're on the topic now, but I mean, it uses that word at least twice in this episode. Um, that would never be done today. Oh God, no! And I mean, again, let's reiterate: this is a network show, folks. This isn't HBO. This isn't Showtime. This is NBC. Um, How they got away with that, I don't know. But at the same time, it's effective. This is the thing with it. It's not like it it's not like they use it for a cheap, you know, gimmick. Um, you are not expecting Doctor say that when he says that to Davis. No. And it, it's like, like just the reaction of everybody in that firehouse. It's the audience, like, holy crap. Um, which is just, and it's, again, Doc the one that's saying it. You don't expect Doc to say it either. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's this is why this episode just hits you so hard. It's And, like, this... Yeah, I, he does have a point, though. Oh, he does. I, I, again, as... I can see the point, you know what I mean? Like, because it's... This is where this issue, this this whole episode is relevant today... Again, we might come at the end of this episode whether this is a good or a bad thing, but like how this is still stuff that's happening today, uh, and I'm probably on a more, um, I guess, wider wider scale would be the correct term, or like more of a, I mean, I guess it's more prominent in in our society because it's, I mean, media's changed. It's a lot more, you know, social media didn't exist back then. I'm sure if social media things like this, it probably would be 
as much as we're getting today. But given the, the, the day and age today, we've all got cameras on our phones, we've got social media. A lot of these issues can be brought to light a lot more now because, you know, everybody in a way is a citizen journalist. So um, it's kind of that's the difference. But, I mean, it's still so relevant, this episode today. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm. So, How many times have we said that now? Oh, God, we're going to be saying How, that a hundred well, more times. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, this episode, this is the thing. This has, is Hashtag relevant. This is where, like, it's, it's interesting kind of like when I talk about this show and, you know, people involved in the show like Noah and Colin, they sort of roll their eyes when I talk about Third Watch and just think it's sort of a gimmicky procedural drama. Like, um, you know, I, I, I would show them this episode and be like, yeah, you tell me if this is what you're thinking of. Like, you know, this is um, a little bit deeper. Like, sure, I would show you some episodes in season six and you'd probably agree. But, like, when it comes to, you know, this, uh, this is just, yeah, it's incredible. Um, so, anyway, kind of from here, so we've... Um, we're back in the firehouse. Uh, I should mention, sort of, when he's in the the waiting room, uh, we've got uh, that lady sort of yelling, "Where's my daughter?" And you know, can someone please help me? And um, yeah, Tanya's mom, Tanya's I think. Mom. Yeah, I think that is too. The one who brings a chocolate cake later on. Um, mm-hmm. So we have kind of got this scene in the firehouse. Um, Kim and Bobby sort of talking about um, the. The, the situation about who they're chasing after. So basically the suspect is a 20 to 25 year old black guy is what they say. Um, and then kind of what is, what does Kim say? She says something like, Oh, I wouldn't want to be someone that, and then sort of doc gives her a look. And then she's like, what? I watch television. She says something like it's either her or Carlos, but one of them says something like, I wouldn't want to be a 20 to 25 year old black guy today. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I think Kim says that because that's when Doc gets that, gives her that look. I don't think, actually, we're not at the firehouse at this point, are we? We're still at the hospital, aren't we? Um, I don't know why I'm saying we're still at the firehouse yet because this is where, uh, our reporter, Haley Friend, uh, comes up to Doc and, um, wants to sort of talk to him and sort of says like, oh, you know, you've probably got great stories, 15 years on the job, here's my card, which obviously will come into play later on. Just a special note here to Nancy yeah. O'Dell, the reporter. As somebody who's a reporter and not an actress, she's actually a pretty good actress as well. So, um, yeah. good job here, Nancy O'Dell. Well, I mean, if you think about it, she's in her element, exactly. even in that role as an actress. Yeah. So, and look, again, she didn't really need to change up. And as you know, as a journalist myself, I've been in those situations where you've got to talk to people and you've got to try and get a story and... Yeah, you often, for the most part, will get people who are like, eh, no, I don't really want to talk to you. I've got nothing to say. You know, they're humble. They're not the Carlos's here who kind of is wanting to get the, the attention. They are the Carlos dogs. Carlos is a fucking attention. Oh, I love him in this scene. Come on, he's great. <laughs> the way he kind of like comes up, yeah, I was the one who worked on the, the teacher. Yeah, yeah, oh, you know. But, um, oh, he could talk to me. Oh, but not tomorrow. I've, you know, I've got to start med school. You know, <laughs> just I like, love how he does it. He's, yeah. This is, again, season two is Carlos really becomes a dick this season but it's great. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and I, just that line when, like, Doc kind of says to her, like, oh, there were other victims in that uh, accident. And the way she's like, we'll try and do better. She just brushes it off. And then he's like, I'm sure you will. Um, but so then we cut back into the hospital. Who do we have here, Darvell? It's Dana. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, Bobby's Bobby's uh, one well, girlfriend one done, but <laughs> one because Trevor's gone. Trevor's just fallen off the face of the earth. What happened to Trevor? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Let's be I honest, Bobby. They... Bobby got more screen time with Dirty Kid than he did with Trevor. Yeah, yeah, and he only 
and he only jumped into bed with her because because Kim turned him down after their one night stand. Exactly. Well, actually, in all seriousness, he would have had more screen time with Dirty Kid because we got one scene with him and her at the bar when like they meet. Yep. Then we get the scene the next episode, don't we, where we briefly see her in a car kissing him goodbye. That's all we see of yeah. the esteemed Trevor. Um, but Dirty Kid. I, I mean, mean, he mentions her a couple more times. Yeah, we get that. But I mean, because like. It, this is the thing, like, random plot holes of Third Watch. It wasn't in Ohio when he's, like, talking about, like, oh, you know, this is this is nice. It's something, you know, I haven't had in a while, you know. It's kind of, it's refreshing. He's, like, you know, talking about, like, settling down. I don't think he goes to that extent, but he's still, you know, mentioning it. Here we are, again, hashtag Bobby Goes Nowhere. Um, like, where's Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> Beats me. Hashtag where's Trevor? Um, anyway. Who played her? Uh, oh, we had that up. I'll have to find that again. Um, she was like a random sort of here and there person. Um, I'll see if I can find that for you in a sec. Um, so anyway, so we, they're watching TV and, you know, the Dana scene this, wow, who gives a shit about Dana? But, um, he sort of mentions like, oh, I'll save my tears for, for Tanya Adams. Tanya Davis. Uh, or Tanya Adams. I'm sorry. Why did I say Davis? Because apparently it's his. It's Adams. Sister. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yancey no, Butler uh, played Trevor. Yancey Butler, the esteemed Yancey Butler. Um, she was in such great legendary things as Drop Zone with Wesley Snipes and Hard Target with John Claude Van Damme. So there you go, Yancey Butler. If you're listening, okay. hello. Uh, <laughs> she's not listening. Yeah, what happened to what happened to Treva? Yeah, where is Trevor, she, Yancey? Yeah. <laughs> Get her on the show. Yancey, where's Trevor? She'd be like, who? I was on third watch? What? I don't remember being on that show. Um, but uh, so anyway, yeah. with next thing, so we're on Tuesday now. We've got Doc running again. He's a bit, you know, tense now. Things are sort of building up slightly. Uh, we hear, this mm-hmm. is where we hear the Martin Luther King speech over the top. Um, then we, we arrive at... Over the top? As in, I'm uh, not, sorry, no, no, no. It's over the top. It's dubbed over the top. That's what I meant. It's not okay. Uh, okay, I was going to say Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech no, was no, no, not no, no, over no, the no, top. No, 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 no. Let me rephrase that. Yes, it was over the top of him <laughs> running, as in, like you said, dubbed over the top of him. Thank you. That's what I meant. Okay, I understand the confusion. <laughs> I'm not starting something here, Darvell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, just to clear that up. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you. For, thank right. you for making me clear that up. <laughs> I just lost listeners with that. Um, so. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, they'll come back. <laughs> well, you'd think that. But uh, so Doc arrives and sort of got all these protesters now outside the firehouse. We get Bosco being Bosco. Um, you know, people don't know how good they've got it um, and stuff like that. So just him going that. But um, we, we learn here that Doc and Kim are pairing up today. For the first time in Third Watch, we have a paramedic pairing. Doc and Kim! There we go. We don't have our standard pairs uh, we have Doc and Kim, which I like Doc and Kim pairing up. We get a bit of this to come, a few, at least a few episodes. I like it when they switch up the pairings. Um, cause you know, they've all got their unique ways of doing about it. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, do you have any thoughts on Doc and Kim as a pair? No, other than, like you said, it's nice to see them switch up. Yeah. You know, cause it, I mean, we get to see how they, how they all do with each other. 
I mean, I can only assume then if Doc and Kim paired up, then Carlos and Bobby paired up. But oh well, Carlos was off that, that day. Remember, he was. Uh, oh yeah, he was doing right. his test. So Bobby was. Well, so what did Bobby do? Ride solo. Bobby goes nowhere. Probably. I mean, he <laughs> rides around with Dirty Kid all day. Come on, Dirty Kid, let's go <laughs> save people. <laughs> yeah, Dirty Kid, I need you into. I need you to insert. I need you to insert this large bore IV. <laughs> Why won't you talk, Dirty Kid? Well, Who are you, Dirty Kid? <laughs> <laughs> dirty kid, his pulse is dropping. <laughs> Hand me the IV, dirty kid. No, don't drink it, dirty kid. Hand me the IV. <laughs> Stupid dirty kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, really. So we moving on. Moving on. Um, we get sort of Doc and Kim in the ambulance, have a bit of a chat. We we get a Jimmy reference. Uh, kind of, it's sort of more of a bit of a teaser for next episode, really, when Kim sort of says, like, oh, you know, he's pushing himself, he's trying to get back faster. So I guess that's more of a setup for the next episode. Um, this is where we get that line from Doc when he says, you know, what is um, Kim sort of saying about, like, oh, you know, she gave her life for the community. And then Doc's like, she gave her life ordering a cheeseburger. Um, and this is sort of where Doc sort of first, this is kind of your first real reference, isn't it, to Doc sort of playing up the, the racial issue here. Because this is where he says, oh, yeah, some poor white, white teacher helping the poor black kids become civilized members of society. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and is this, is this the scene when Kim sort of says, you're not going to get all black on me now, are you? And he's like, oh, what? I'm not yes. black. It's like, oh, well, you're not Al Sharpton black. Is this, is this that scene? Yes, yes, it is. It is that very scene. Which I mean, look, I it's it's I kind of just like the back and forth between the two. I just I just love Kim's line when she's just like, "Well, you're not all Al Sharpton black," which is the way she kind of drops that. Because this is this, this is the thing about this episode, which I think is important to note, is that it's kind of this is where we're talking about how it's never really an issue what color their skins are or you know what gender they are. This is kind of that moment where. Kim is sort of almost referencing, like, well, I don't see you that way, if you know what I mean. Whereas Doc is kind of playing that card, and you don't expect Doc to play that card. So that's kind of where I like this scene between the two, because it's kind of Kim's almost saying, like, well, we don't look at you that way, Doc. But Doc, in his right, he has a right to be able to raise this as, like, who he is and that he's... This is who he is, if you know what I mean. So I kind of like this yes. kind of sequence between these two. And this is what I appreciate about this episode with Doc's character and kind of going forward to when you were saying about the line he says to Davis. Again, it's, it's out of Doc's character, but he's every right to kind of play that in that situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yep, and also I think he was also, you know, concerning the, concerning the teacher, that, um, and in the... In the, in some circles, that type of narrative, you know, white white teacher helping black students or white person helping black person, it's called. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the white savior narrative. I've never heard it described that way and, before, but I, I mean, yeah, I've, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a good way of describing it. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, we've we've all seen like like movies like movies based on based on true stories involving, you know, some some inner city kid or inner city kids and usually the plot is white person comes in and save the saves the day. It's widely criticized yeah. actually. Yeah. Excuse me. It's called the like I said, it's called the white savior narrative. I think I think Doc was kind of you know, he was in his own way, you know, he was kind of criticizing that when he 
when he said what he did about, you know, the teacher comes in from the suburbs, helps the poor inner city black kids become civilized members of society, whatever it was he said. Probably not the exact wording, but pretty close. Yeah. I mean, this this Darvell might actually kind of almost answer your question, what you said before about would he react the same way if, uh, you know, she was African-American. Uh, it's, it's kind of she... Because, like, I mean, he sort of references it there, if you know what I mean. Like, he says, like, oh, you know, poor, let's all, um, you know, the poor white woman, you know what I mean. So, might sort of answer your question, yeah. if you know what I mean. You know, now that I think about it, it does kind of answer it. I mean, regardless, he would have been, he would have been, he would have been upset. He would have been yeah. shaken up. Would he have been as vocal about it now that I, now that we've gotten to this particular scene and now that we're actually discussing it? No. Mm. I don't think he would have been as vocal. Yeah. So we're, we're going to lump a lot of these scenes together because again, we're going very long here and it's still a bit to talk about but we'll try to get through this uh, and obviously we'll talk about yeah. what we can on the way. We'll so, get through it. So Kim and Kim and uh, Doc get called to this raid um, and they just sort of uh, have to wait around. I, I do like Davis's line there where he says to Doc, like, oh, kind of seems like bad luck just having you guys wait here, which it really does. Like, I mean, you think about kind of the context of this. It's like, let's just have people on standby who are here to provide medical assistance because more than likely people are going to get hurt, which, I mean, you could understand it, but, I mean, at the same time, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> let's just wait for people to get hurt. Um, I do like this editing. I though. bet that's standard protocol. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I, I don't doubt. I mean, that's not like firefighters just showing up up to calls with people with guns. Um, this is, yeah, this is definitely uh, standard protocol. But I do like the editing here, just kind of Doc standing, looking around, kind of taking in the scene. Like, you know, he sees, like, the cops up on the roof and just sort of all the uh, the police waiting. What does he say? Like, oh, it's like they're about to attack a small country. I mean, Hit a small country. This is, this is, this yes. is one thing I'll say, Darvell, and it's not something I raise a lot in terms of, I guess, the differences between Australia and US sort of tactics in this. Um, this is something as an Australian... Even I look at that and sort of in a doc's perspective, like, going, wow, they're going all out for just, you know, a couple of suspects in a shooting. I mean, I'm not doubting that you kind of need to. I mean, these, again, these are armed guys. There's obviously a shootout here. So, you know, there's, there's I guess, reasons behind this. But in Australia, if this was happening here, um, there wouldn't be this many, this much of a presence, if you know what I mean. Like, we kind of go into things with a little less... Uh, I guess, presence. Obviousness <laughs> yeah. or presence or whatever. Um, which, again, it's, it's not something I often bring up in terms of the differences because, you know, Australia and US are very, very similar. But, I mean, I guess when it comes to this kind of thing, it's it's very different. Um, but I do the one thing I do like here, too, just with the editing and sort of the just soaking the scene. Again, what Third Watch does well, the realism of this sequence is kind of like you kind of get Doc looking around, but he sort of looks at people in the windows looking at this scene and, like, I, I don't know if this is meant to be sort of a neighbourhood where this is maybe something that's a bit common because the people who are watching are just kind of like, they're not panicked. They're not like, oh, my God, what's happening? They're just kind of like looking as if to say like, eh, it's a standard Tuesday. Just another day in the hood. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like, that's what it does very effectively as well. Um, and it's just kind of the subtleness and of it, which you kind of, you read into it more because, you know, you sort of see the concern on Doc's face where he's kind of saying like, you kind of just read him, his body language is he's saying like, well, these people shouldn't be accepting this as normal. You know, like this shouldn't be a thing where people in this neighborhood are automatically going, oh, here comes the New York police army ready to invade our, you know, neighborhood. Yep. And another thing I like about that scene is uh, when the, when the shots, when the shots start, yeah, I would have, um, you don't, 
I, I'm guessing you don't actually see what's going on. You just hear it. Yeah, yeah. You, you just he- you just hear the shots. Yeah. So there's, it's like background. Yeah. So you kind of get that when you hear the gunfire, you kind of just see the faces of like Kim and Doc and sort of um, you know Sully then gets a call like, oh, that's us, and they sort of run. So yeah, you, you're still outside in this moment. You don't actually see the shootout. Um, so this is what kind of and happened. And we weren't meant to. No, and that's the effect. We weren't yeah. meant to see what happened. And again, difference between season two and season six. Season six, we see this shootout. Season two, we don't. It's off screen. It's it's the Jaws right. shark, isn't it? It's, you know, you don't see the shark in Jaws until right at the end because it's the tension that's built right. with not knowing what you're going to be seeing. So that's what makes it scary. Whereas nowadays, mm-hmm. a monster movie is the opposite. You see the monster within 10 minutes and it's kind of it takes away the effectiveness of it. Um, yep. Which, you know, that's on a side tangent. That's what pissed me off. Here's a random, random, random tangent. When the latest Godzilla movie came out a few years ago, people complained, oh, we didn't see the Godzilla till like an hour and a half in. It's like... That's the point Don't of these be glad movies. You didn't. <laughs> it's the point of these movies. That's what creates the tension. Um, anyway, it's it's instant hashtag instant gratification. Yeah, that's what everybody wants these days. They want instant gratification. They don't want to. They don't want suspense to build. They don't want to have to think for themselves. They want everything handed to them. Exactly. That's why. That's let's be honest, Darvell. That's what they're doing with Bobby this season. They're building him up. <laughs> it's like you don't see Bobby. Until you need to, and then he's gone. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're doing with Dirty Kid. No. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Well, they must be building him up pretty well because Ugh. he still has yet to appear in anything. So basically, this whole sequence here, yeah, so uh, we get the shots, we get the 1013 officers down, Doc and Kim go in, they've got to help the cops. There's a couple of cops being shot. Doc realises that, uh, obviously, the um, the suspects are in another room, so he goes to help them, but this cop is sort of like, nope, nothing you can do with them, and you've got to be You careful. just worry about those wounded cops, besides there's nothing more. Besides, there's nothing you can do for them anyway. Yeah, and also, obviously, the fact that there's another shooter that- on the run. Now, this is, this is one of those moments, isn't it, where you're kind of like... You- that scene pissed me off. I was like... It's it's an interesting one because like yeah Doc's got to do his job he shouldn't be stopped because whether or not the like this this cop is not a medical expert he doesn't know that they they don't need help I mean we saw it in um the season the season one episode with Bosco where he's kind of like oh he's dead but he's not really dead you know he was doing that deliberately yeah because yeah because because the guy was still there and they're going help me yeah exactly help so me. like I mean you can definitely see there but at the same time like it, I mean one of them has pretty much got his head blown off. And also, at the same time, there is a shooter on the run. So, like, also, this cop is kind of protecting him. But, like, there should be a middle ground here. He should say, like, go in and give them a quick check over and then go in and work on the cops, if you know what I mean. Like, Yep, and, I mean, the cops. Here, again, with the racial thing, I'm sure these were... Yeah. Again, with the racial thing, these were black guys they were going after, and I imagine, were they all white cops? Uh, no, one of the one of the the cops that was shot on the ground, he was black. So there was one at okay. least, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's this is again one of those ones, isn't it? The sort of the middle ground where you, you you're right to bring that up because it's like, well, um, if these were white suspects, would they be going out of their way to help them a bit more? If you know what I mean, like it's kind of it's you've got to never ask that question. Never mind that. If these, yeah, never mind that. If these were white suspects, would they have shown up like they did? Exactly. Exactly. Said, exactly. They look like very they're about point. to hit a small country. Very, very good point. Yeah, and this is this is the thing. This is this is what I think this episode does well is the fact that this is where it leaves that open ended for you to kind of take a, a viewpoint on. Whereas, like a modern show today would force it down your throat. 
Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, this is what... Hashtag Blue Bloods. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this thing's <laughs> very much so. But, like, I think that, um, you know, this is where it's great this episode is done through Doc's eyes. Imagine... Let, let's be honest here, Davil. Imagine if this episode was done through Bosco's eyes. You're going to see this completely different. <laughs> 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 you know, and I love Bosco. Yeah, if, He's my favourite character. I do. But, like, I, you know... I like, I like Bosco as well, but, I mean, if it was done through Bosco's eyes... I- I mean, come on. We know what we would get. Yeah. Guns blazing the whole fucking hour. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we get enough of Bosco this episode to realize what would happen. Um... So anyway, we get this. Uh, we we kind of back in the um, the the hospital uh, where sort of Morales and Doc have this scene. Morales kind of asks, "Do you think the cops executed them?" Doc's kind of like, "Well, I wasn't there." Um, and then we get Sally who comes in, and we we hear the name we haven't heard in a while, Puppet, uh, Puppet. Nathaniel. Um, he's the suspect because he's the one who got away. Uh, which you know. I kind of like, I like this when they bring back sort of a, a character like this. You know, it's not Malcolm, uh, you know, or somebody like that. But no, it's, um, yeah, I do like it when they sort of revisit this. And it's, it's a very rare thing in Third Watch. But, um, you know, when they do it, I, I do like it. So um, we then get, uh, so they're outside. Doc and um, Carlos are leaving. Uh, Bosco arrives and has a Bosco rant. Now, mm. I, like... I know this line is like terribly inappropriate, but I just love the way Bosco delivers this. Can I? Uh, is it offensive if I deliver this Bosco line here, Darvell? Or is it? Do, go ahead. I just, I just, go, go ahead. I just wanted to ask I mean, you first because we, we have to, we have to talk about it. The, the, just the we way he says. Go ahead. He's he says something about like, oh, I want to get his black ass, and then Doc says, nice, and then the way Bosco says, oh, don't give me that. He was black. I'm sure his ass was too. Just like I just love Bosco's <laughs> delivery of that line. I know it's so inappropriate, but just like it is, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, it would be totally out of character for him not to say that. Exactly. It's just, I just, just, I just, this delivery, and this is again, Jason Wiles. I've never met the guy. I've never talked to him. I'm 99 sure, sure this is not Jason like Wilde. All right, this is just the character of Bosco. But like again, this is how well acted it is because you were so believing that that is what he would do in that situation. Um, and then like Yokus, her side, the way like Yokus does what she would do, she kind of steps in and she's just kind of like, "I'm like, sorry," you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I kind of thought because. I mean, she was just, you know, like, ah, just another day with Bosco. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's so well acted and so well done. And then obviously, um, yeah, so we get um, Doc, this is when... Then we have... Oh, sorry. Maybe you were getting to the, maybe you were getting to the same thing I was. Then we have, then we have, then we have Doc uh, thinking... Bosco calls the guy a junkie, and we th- and Doc thinks he said something oh, else. That's, so he starts. We're nearly there. Him. We're not quite there yet, but um, we'll get to that yeah. in a second. So I'll just I'll just go over some of these scenes oh, here because sorry, uh, no, no, you're right because like I mean, it's it kind of sometimes we do sort of connect some of these scenes together, but I think this one sort of plays out well when you do it in order, just because of how the tensions are sort of rising. So we've got Doc back in the ambulance. He sees all the cars, um, you know, speeding off. There they go again. This is. Kim sort of talk. I love how like Doc's like you know talking about all you know, the issues here, and Kim's just going on about Joey uh, as Kim would. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor Kim. I love Kim. Uh, just quickly, Brandy seems to bash on Kim a little bit. Are you are you on the Raver train? Are you a Kim fan, or do we have to wait for a couple more episodes till we get to Kim's hope chest? <laughs> Well, I wasn't a fan of her in that episode. <laughs> okay, good answer. Good answer. I mean, I. I don't think I really 
got on the got I don't think I really got on truth be told I don't know when or even if I ever got on the raver train I haven't thought about it <laughs> she's she's an interesting one I, I think we need to talk a lot more about her character development when we get to Kim's Hope Chess because she is kind of uh, yes. you know an interesting character to talk about but um this is this is actually the scene here, uh, the Al Sharpton black scene. I've written here on my notes um, because this is where, um, like, uh, oh, he's talking about because uh, Kim says, oh, they need to get better friends. Like, there's only two people involved, and Doc's kind of like, well, there were three people in that apartment, so at least one of them wasn't involved. Um, so that's where Kim's kind of like, you know, oh, let's uh, let they need to get better friends. Uh, so this is obviously, this is the scene you've kind of referenced before. We've got Doc and Morales in the car. I do like kind of random Morales sort of just talking about life. Like, oh, you're coming to my sister's wedding? And he's just kind of like, huh? Like, he's a, he's a very much a man in that scene. Like, he's not even focused. He's, he's a typical man in that scene, not listening to, like, you know, a serious issue. I can't defend our gender here, Darvell. Um, You know, because we've all done it as men. We've all been in that situation where our respective <laughs> yeah. other is, like, trying to, like, they're really talking. Like, I, you know, in an eight-year relationship, my, you know, fiancé used to come home and talk about her day at work, and I'd just sit there going, uh-huh, yep, mm-hmm. Like, I was an asshole, so <laughs> I can't defend Doc here. <laughs> so, I, Morales is so serious. She's like, oh, no, we need to know. Like, have you got the time off? Like, I'm with Morales. I'm a planner. I need to plan shit, so I need to know what he's doing. But this is obviously yeah. where we're driving past um, a scene here. The police are kind of... With a couple of suspects, they're questioning them, and Doc's just, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to go check to see if they're okay. Um, yeah, we alluded to this earlier. So, obviously, I hold this guy's down. Here. Now here. He he asks the cops, basically, tell him to beat it. He just sticks around, keeps asking questions. This leads the cops to come up to his car. Uh, the female cop calls Morales a mouthy bitch. Uh, then he gets out and of the car, bitch, what? Um, and then, boom, they're both shoved on the ground. Uh, it's very effective, kind of, the way they edit this, and we just see them both shoved on the ground, pinned to the ground, and, yep. you know, um, obviously, I mean, they're obviously not arrested, I'm assuming. They're taken down for questioning, and then um, released, because we see this uh, in a minute. I mean, this is, again, perfect example of, um, I think, the, the middle ground here, because you can understand from Doc's perspective that these guys are probably being a bit heavy-handed on these people, you know, just, like, make sure the kids are okay, you know what I mean? So, for sure, you can see from that side of thing what Doc's trying to do. But, but, I think the big but in this scene, and you brought it up before, based on kind of what Carlos will say soon and what Davis will say, it's like, you know how it works, Doc. Like, you don't get involved in a situation like this. Like... Like it or not, this is the world we live in, and you know you're not going to come out of that situation in a positive light. These cops aren't all of a sudden going to turn around and go, oh, thank you, random stranger. Yes, let's talk to the kids. Are they okay? Oh, we're so sorry. You know, they're going to react the way they do. Do they go too far with what they do? Of course they do. But it's like this is sadly the world, and again, the relevance to today is it's what we live in again? This is definitely, I would, I would argue, and I, I'm, maybe some of our Australian listeners might disagree with me here slightly, but I think obviously more of a, an American issue. Like we, we have things like this happen in Australia. I'm not saying we're completely uh, perfect when it comes to sort of dealing with situations like this. There are many documented cases where, uh, you know, law enforcement in Australia will go over the top in certain situations, and whether or not that's down to an issue of race or gender or anything like that. It's left to people's perspective of the issue. But, you know, this is definitely a very well done and effective scene. And just, again, one of these toe-the-line middle moments where you're looking at this from all angles. 
Yep, and Morales, I mean, she was, I mean, she was, she was cuffed just for just for being with Doc. Yeah. I mean, because the whole time she was trying to tell, she was telling Doc, "Hey, man, back off, yeah. back off, back off." Exactly. So. Got it. I love Morales. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I love her. Uh, it's just, it's such a well done scene. And again, anybody who just has never seen this show thinks it's just a random procedural cop show. Like this is. Just watch this stuff, guys. Come on. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyway, from there, we kind of get the next morning, Doc running. Uh, we've got these two cops drive past him. They give him this stare. Makes Doc so angry, he throws his sandwich at a car. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, why not? Uh, it's probably a good sandwich, too. Um, so then he's upstairs in the firehouse. I love this scene here with Carlos when, like, Doc's watching the news because, uh, you know, uh, the reporter lady's outside with the protest and Carlos is like, that's so weird. I was just outside there. And now she's up here. Now she's on TV. Um, and then kind of just random. Good Carlos impression. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I've been working on it for all of two minutes. Uh, but then I just kind of like, <laughs> Doc, you know, Doc's obviously grumpy, you know, he's rightfully so. And he's kind of like, we've got jobs, hurry up. And Carlos is just like, oh, can I at least change? Um, and this is, this is where we get <laughs> yeah. the Davis scene. Now, I, I do, well, the first thing yeah. I'll say about Davis, I do love random Davis in the firehouse. Like it's, you, you've never seen it before. I don't think we've seen any cops at this point in the firehouse. So this is the first. Um, and I do like how Davis kind of walks up and he's all like, "Whoa, you got a big screen TV up here? I took the wrong test." <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then just you know, could you picture Davis as a fireman? No. <laughs> um, I do kind of like how um, we get these random Doc and uh, Davis because we haven't really had Doc and Davis that I can remember, have we? Like, again, I've all, I always talk up... No, um, I don't think so. I love random interactions sort of between the characters that we don't get, like how I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Yokus and Kim, which we kind of will fade away from. But, um, you know, I, I like this. I like Davis and Doc. It's, again, we'll get Davis and Carlos, but this is Davis and Doc. Uh, <laughs> so, random little moment there. But I just... I, the the yeah. acting between these two is fantastic. Um, you know, Kobe Bell sort of turning around and being like, you know, you know don't lecture me. Uh, and then just kind of like everything that Doc's saying. And of course, yeah, you, you obviously reference what Doc will say at this point. So powerful. Mm-hmm. So, so powerful. And then we obviously get, um, I'll, I'll come back to it. So we'll talk about this all together. So then we get Carlos in the ambulance. He's obviously saying like, well, what did you do? Like, and this is the scene I was referencing before where Carlos is like, you know, what world do you live in? Um, and then, you know, Doc's kind of like, well, what? You think they were right? And Carlos is like, well, I think they were consistent. Um, so, yeah, and actually I'll lump in this bit here too, and I'll just get you to talk about all this in one go. This is the Bosco, uh, over the suspect situation. Um, Doc comes in and he's kind of like, look, he's got a broken angle. Can you take his cuffs off? And I, I, I just love Bosco. He was just like, no, like just, you know, just, just what you think he is. That's exactly what Bosco is at that point. Again, great acting by Jason Wiles. Just the way he kind of Mm -hmm. does it. Um, then he walks off and he says, oh, I'm not going to cry a river for this junkie. To which, obviously, Doc thinks he says monkey. Uh, we get Doc yes. attacking Bosco, uh, which, you know, randomly... It's, I think this is a build-up. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to do this to Bosco. I, I mean, because... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, every everybody wanted to have a go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of... I just love this sequence there. And then, obviously, they all pin him away. And then, you know, Carlos is like, and- he didn't call him a monkey. He called him a junkie. And then Bosco, like, you've got issues, man. Can I just point out, like, 
you know, just obviously the camaraderie. For- it's a weird thing to say because Doc's just attacked Bosco. So camaraderie is not the word you want to say. But, like, you know, this is Bosco. Isn't this the part where Bosco's like, arrest him, he attacked a police officer. You know, he just lets him go. So, um, yeah, really. you know, one little yeah. thing I need to point out there. But just uh, just quickly here. So, obviously, we uh, we get this kind of um, scene with Carlos and Doc in the ambulance. Doc's sort of not really listening, just kind of staring off and, you know, great editing again. But I just, I like Carlos's story that he's telling about the test, that, you know, he was the only one who would have answered it right. Um, and then sort of we just get this scene here where what does Carlos say? Something like, oh, can't get any worse today. And the way uh, Doc says, you're wrong. Yeah, today I've got to yeah, apologise to Boscarelli. Oh, I love that line. So, I mean, I, I, I've covered a fair bit there, but I mean, I don't know if you've got anything more to add on sort of uh, those scenes that I've just no. talked about. No. No? No. It's, uh, yeah, all powerful stuff. And again, you just this is the, the Doc sort of... You know, we, we talk a lot about Doc's downward spiral into just his terrible life that keeps happening. But, I mean, this is kind of the Doc that you never... And you never really see this Doc again, I want to say. Um, kind of Doc facing issues with this kind of thing. Like, this doesn't become a, a thing with Doc. I, I, I cannot think of another episode where this is really an issue for Doc moving forward. Um, so, this is why I think it's an important episode that you kind of cover this with him. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I keep talking about how Jason Wiles is good acting and this sort of stuff. Michael Beach is the absolute star of this episode, without doubt. I mean, he is just amazing oh, acting. Yes. We talked last episode about how Molly Price didn't get sort of nominated for any sort of acting awards. How Michael Beach didn't get nominated for any acting awards is an absolute travesty. Uh, I mean, there is, there are some standouts, did. you know, exactly. There is just, each of these actors are brilliant. And there are some real standouts for them. You know, you think of, um, you know, this one for uh, Michael Beach, last episode for Molly Price. and um, uh, Next one for Eddie Cibrian. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hold that in the same. I mean, it's still a strong episode. I'm not going to take that away from Eddie. But um, the one, um, I mean, the one that I think is the absolute downright travesty that he never got nominated, uh, Skip Sardis. Uh, when he was the, they took him to the retreat when he's an alcoholic. Spoiler alert! Um, oh yeah, yes, yeah. That, Love that how episode. he didn't get nominated for an Emmy for that, and we'll, we're still two seasons away from that. But anyway, so okay, we'll have yeah. a lot of these. Um, Bobby, random Bobby appearance. Yay! He's Bobby. Hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. He loves watching public disturbances. Cool. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is where we get uh, a lady showing up for Doc. Are you Doc? My boyfriend is hurt. He says he knows you. Uh, anyway, we get called away. He takes Carlos, uh, and it's Puppet. He's uh, he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, obviously Puppet remembers Doc and we kind of get this nice little back and forth between the two of them where he's kind of like, you know, you, you had faith in me once, you know, I need you to have faith in me now. Carlos, obviously, I mean, Carlos is right to react this way. Carlos is kind of like, I'm calling PD. And then Doc says a line or something like, oh, you can't do this. And you said it yourself. They're consistent. Yeah. And then what does, um, what does Carlos say? Like, you gave me no choice in this situation. This kind of harks back, doesn't it? Like a season ago where a lot of the time Doc put Carlos in situations where they have to talk about it first. Um, and you know, we know yeah. Doc's doing this for the greater good for himself because, you know, he's right. Like, the, and we see it, what the police are going to do to this guy. So Doc's trying to do this in a way that is going to, you know, be protective. So Doc only has good intentions with this. He just doesn't necessarily go about it entirely in the right way when we see him calling the reporter in a few minutes. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, he gets in the ambulance, calls our reporter friend to meet him outside the ambulance bay, calls Morales because he just happens to know the hospital's number off by heart on his cell phone. Fair enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so he calls in the GSW, says, you know, uh, I've got someone coming in, doesn't call in the telemetry. Obviously, he's assuming that Morales is going to help him out. But we rock up to the hospital. <laughs> 30 million cop cars show up. Bosco gets there and rips his guy out. Um, Puppet's got a gun. Uh, it's all tense. And obviously, this is the worst thing about all this. It's all happening live on TV. Because Doc thought he was doing the right thing by getting the, uh, the news crew here so that they wouldn't do anything bad. Bosco doesn't give a fuck about this. We even get, I think, Morales kind of taps him on the shoulder and goes, you're doing this on camera right now. Um... So we get that. Then we obviously get this great scene between Morales and Doc where, you know, this this is just... We talk about good acting. I mean, my Lord, Lisa Vidal and Michael Beach. Yes. Give them both an Emmy for this. This is brilliant. Um, Just a back and forth between the two here. You know, Doc sort of like, you called the cop. Damn right I did. You know, you're so arrogant. Uh, you're a damn paramedic. And you this- jeopardized everybody at this hospital. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And just the fact that we get, like... They calm at the end of this. They kind of make up at the end of it. You know, when obviously she, as we mentioned a lot earlier in the episode, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood like this. The difference is I was poor. Um, so, you know, that kind of shuts Doc down. Um, just a great scene. Intense, emotional, so good. I mean, I don't know if you want to... He's silent. He, he, he's silent for the longest time. I, I can only imagine he's just standing there just staring at her and, and then he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Yeah. It's powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, you go. Yeah. Um, we know, we know, we know, of course, that going back to Puppet, we know Puppet had a, we know, of course, that Puppet was packing. Mm-hmm. But honestly, and I wanted to, I wanted to mention this. Honestly, I don't know what it was, but do you, I mean, we can only speculate because we, ju- we don't know, but. Do you think he was involved in that shooting at that restaurant? Um, just his tone of voice, I don't think he was. No, I don't think he was. I think he's just uh, kind of going right back to the Kim line, get better friends. I think he's just got some bad friends. I mean, he's just, you know, judging on what we know of him in the one episode we got, um, you know, he is just involved in the wrong crowd. Um, so he's going to be in a crowd where he might not necessarily be the one doing pulling the trigger, but, you know, it's kind of like um, with with Maddie, uh, Bobby's brother. Hey, look at this. Randomly tying this into Bobby. Bobby does get a storyline here. Um, you know, like, Ma- Maddie gets out of jail. He's not necessarily bad, but he's still hanging around with the wrong crowd. So when they pull off the, um, you know, the... The, the um, robbery at the liquor store. He's the driver. He's not the one doing anything wrong. But, I mean, technically by the letter of the law, he is because he's driving the car. Whether he knew or not about it, he's still in a situation where he's doing the wrong thing. So maybe Puppet drove these guys to the restaurant. He was in the car, didn't maybe know what they were going to do. Bang, 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 get in the car, drive. Or he's... And he halt... um, Yeah. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, or he's at the apartment and they've come running in. Like, holy fuck, what did you guys do? Oh, we just blew some people up with some guns. It's like, oh, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, you know, next minute he's getting raided. So this is is one of those things, like, it's interesting, like, um, I guess I've talked a lot about how... You know, I've got complaints with storylines, how they kind of go nowhere and they're there for no reason. Hashtag dirty kid. But, like, this is this is one of those storylines where it's okay not to have a resolution. As in, you don't know... You never know who did the shooting. You don't know if those two people they killed 
in that raid were the people who did the shooting. You don't know if Puppet did the shooting. You never find out. But this is definitely one of those ones where in an episode where it's all about Doc, it's all about kind of the, the tensions between the police and sort of, you know, the community. Um, yeah, you don't need resolution. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Or Absolutely. You know, it's... It's fun to draw. It's fun to draw your own conclusions. Yeah, and this is this is going back to your point. What you said about how people always need like people aren't satisfied. They need this. They need that. This is, I think, the thing that is is important with a lot of TV shows. And again, tying this into some of our other shows, Nip Tuck. Uh, sorry, uh, Lost, a show which is often derided for not having answers. When again, we're trying to clear up that for the most part, Lost does answer the main things. But it's not always a bad thing to leave things open-ended. People always want resolution. And, okay, this might make me a bit of a hypocrite because I'm going to complain about things and resolution. But the difference is there are definitely times when you don't, like, not everything has to be solved. As you said, sometimes open-ended is not a bad thing. This whole episode is kind of an open-ended episode. It lets the audience make their own mind up. Are you pro-doc? Are you pro-other people? And I think you get a you get a taste of everything here. Doc does go over the top with a lot of his viewpoints, but a lot of the time he's got a right to. Uh, the cops, you know, and that side of things too. Like, you, you, you definitely are probably erring more on the side of they're going way over the top for this sort of thing. But also at the same time, you've got to try and understand from their perspective what they've got to do. So this is kind of where I think this, again, reiterating our point on this episode, is that this is such a middle-line episode where... You know, it's skewed certain directions across the way, but it's done so well. Right, I can, I can, I'm, I'm sort of picturing. I know that this show. I know, of course, we, of course, we know Third Watch was never really a huge, huge hit. But I'm sort of picturing this being what, what I don't know if they have this term in Australia, but I'm sort of picturing this would make a great. Uh, what do they call it? A great water cooler episode. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm sort of picturing, you know, people who were people who were fans of the show and who watched it back when it aired. You know, maybe some of them worked together. Maybe some people gathered around the water cooler at their offices the next day to talk about this particular episode. I don't know. I reckon they would have. I mean, this is it would be a- pre-social media days. You know, you can't tweet about this. You can't Facebook about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt this would be one the next day for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just some random point thrown in there. No, I agree with it. I completely agree with it, Darvel. It's a good point. Um, so this kind of... I mean, I'll wrap this up here with kind of what happens here at the end. So essentially, um, we get uh, just a, a bit of a scene with um, Doc and Carlos and Kim, and we, we get random Bobby line of, you know, we've got to work with them every day, Doc. Um, so, you know, thanks for that, Bobby. Like, had a line this like, episode. Like, look, like, look, look, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that they go over the top, but, yeah. Emmy Award I'm winner Bobby Cannavale, ladies and gentlemen. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Started out on third watch. <laughs> um, then we kind of get this, uh, I like Carlos's, uh, when they're sort of driving to this job. Uh, I love Carlos's, like, you know, Oh, the reporter not interested. What does a guy have to do to get noticed around here? <laughs> just like typical Carlos. <laughs> um, but then we just get this scene, like, oh my god! Like, they show up to this was br- this was a brilliant scene. Oh yeah, they show up to this call, whatever it is, and this is kind of like where you know Doc's really alienating himself against a lot of people right now. The one, I guess, group of people you're probably assuming he's not going to alienate himself is the African American community. But this is where he finds out that he's even pissing them off because he's rocked up. We've got all these sort of 
uh, I don't know, angry people here. Uh, we get the second use of the the N word. I'm not going to say it. They call him a sellout. Yeah, N word. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going. I think. To I think we reached our uh, N word limit yeah. for the entire Oz Network on this episode, Darvo. I think yes. we're good. Um, yeah, we I, I say a lot of things on this show. I will never say that word. Um, but yep, and yeah. So and I apologize if I if I if I caught you off guard by look. By, I think in the context of I what it was said, I think I think it kind of. You know, if you've watched this episode, you know what it is, and I think it's fine. I think it's completely fine. Mm-hmm. We the context we've used it is, I think, okay. I think I, I offended more yeah. people, Darvell, by you know implying that Martin Luther King was over the top, and it's like, no, I didn't mean it that way. No, no, he's <laughs> over the top of the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, this was, and you know, it made me think. It made me. I actually, I actually started wondering when I wa- when I watched that because. It occurred to me when I was watching the episode, I was like, hmm, they get this call, they get there, and then they're surrounded, and, I mean, the people are bashing the ambulance with, like, their fists, with bricks, with baseball bats, probably whatever whatever they can get their hands on. I wonder, was it a, was it a, was it a bogus call? Was it a bogus call? Were they trying to lure them out? I'm thinking it if was. If so, how the hell did they know that they would be the ones to respond? Well, that's 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 your argument. Yeah, no, I, I I was thinking the same thing um, because you know my first inkling is yeah, it's a bogus call. But you're absolutely right. I mean, they luck into. I mean, are these guys smart enough to know? Oh, well, we're in the 55th precinct. That guy works in the 55th precinct. Oh, it's either going to be him or Bobby and Kim. Maybe Bobby and Kim show up and they just hide. And they're all like, oh, nothing to see here. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, look, I think it's, again, it's one of these open-ended ones where I guess you don't really know. I mean, if it's a bogus call, fair enough. But if there's really somebody there hurt, like, um, what is it in the first season when uh, not long after Jerry's been shot and they get to that call and the way Doc sort of reverses the ambulance back and he's like, they're invisible re- weapons. We wait for PD. That was in the second episode, wasn't it? So, um, no, it was the fourth, fourth episode. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of a similar situation, but like this time around, they're not necessarily, uh, dying to get out there to help someone. And, you know, Carl's, oh, I dropped the keys. Um, so it was kind of, it was kind of a little comedic moment there. I do love, again, editing here, just props to the way this is handled, just the way they kind of zoom in on Doc's face and they kind of have that blurry sort of music theme and just sort of everyone on the outside of the ambulance. And even when the cops show up and you just kind of see them like pulling them all away from the car, it's not focused. And you see one of the cops sort of stick his head in the window to see if Doc's all right. It's not Bosco. It's not any cop we know. It's just someone else in the NYPD. But um, it's just so effectively done. It's so good. And this is kind of where we get him with a flashback where we see uh, the paramedic give him the little badge. Um, so this is obviously right at the end. We just get a quick little uh, reference here. Tanya Adams' mother's there, gives him a chocolate cake. Great. Uh, Doc gets a lot of free food. Uh, you know, chocolate kick, chocolate chip cookies, uh, chocolate cakes. Um, and then we get this, uh, great closing scene where right back to the beginning, he goes back into his favorite bagel shop, but rather than everybody all jovial and nice with him, the uh, guy behind the counter kind of just gives him his bagel, doesn't say a word. The cops just give him a dirty stare. He walks, puts his headphones on, runs away, uh, fades out. And again, as I think this is a, a Kennedy speech, I'm going to say, I think we kind of think it might be, fades out, done. That's uh, that's it for the episode. Uh, what an episode. So good. That's four. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know if you've got anything else to add on this at all, Darvell. Nope. Other than to repeat what we've said about twenty thousand times already, that that 
it would that it's definitely an episode that would hold up today. Well, here's here's a question for you, Darvell. And again, this is not something I necessarily like to ever sort of raise or sort of play this sort of as a question, but I think it's relevant in this situation given the subject matter of this episode. As a as an African American, how do you view this episode? How what's your perspective? I guess based on you know uh, who you are as a person, because I I'm, I don't doubt it would be different to my overall perspective of, of watching this episode. Well, well, to to tell you the truth, I I personally have never the closest I ever came to say being arrested or harassed by the cops or anything or or anything like that uh, was a time when when they thought was was a time when a couple of was a time when a couple of cops showed up at my house. Mm-hmm. This was about three or four years ago. And they thought I was they thought I was my brother when I opened when I opened the door. Right. So they went to so they went to they went to arrest me. And I was like, wait, wait, who who are you looking for? Or like or like wait, because they, they thought I was my brother and I told them I was like, Hey, I'm I'm not him. I'm not him. But my per, my perspective in terms of how well this episode holds up Oh, look, any kind of perspective on it. I mean, I, I don't know really if you, you know, view this in a different light or anything. I mean, I guess a lot of it does come down to experiences as well. But, I mean, you know, I, mean, I guess, yeah, and how it holds up. I mean, kind of, I guess we keep raising the point, like, is it a good or a bad thing if this is still relevant today? You know, things like that. It's it's a bad, th- it's a bad thing because, it, because, of course, it still happens and it's True. actually much more well-documented than it was back in 2000. But... In a way, it's also a good thing because it needs to be talked about. Yeah, it needs to be it needs to be talked about. And and no no offense, but this is something that whiteies especially have a very difficult time talking about. At least here in America, completely agree. A lot of a lot of white a lot of white people, especially, they do not want to discuss it. And that's and that's why I think I probably wanted to raise that question with you as an African American. How is it viewed from your perspective? Based on my point, as I said, like I agree with that statement completely. I can have an opinion on the issue. I can express what I think of it. Um, but I mean, do I really have a right to? Because I I will never experience that side of things as a white person, will I? Because that's again not how this works, unfortunately. Well, I don't entirely I don't entirely agree with your assertion that you don't have a right to have an opinion. Well, I don't agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I might reword that. I mean, I guess everyone's got entitled to have an opinion. I guess it's it would be it would be the same way. I I'm trying to think of something that I can. This is going to be terrible for me to try and compare it. But like, I mean, if I if I brought up sort of an issue. <laughs> As an Australian, that as an American, you wouldn't have a way you could relate to. You can have an opinion on it, but in or, terms of, I I cannot relate to the situation in this episode. I can have an opinion, but I can't relate. That's I guess what I should have tried to say. It as. Ah, I got you. Yeah, but um, I mean, I got you there. Oh, look, we can we can sit here for three more hours, Darvell, and talk about the social context of this issue, and you know all this sort hey, of. Hey, I wouldn't but, mind, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean it's 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 certainly 
Again, relevant to this day. I definitely agree with you for the most part that I think it's, uh, you know, for the most part, it's a bad thing that this is still relevant, that this is still an issue. But at the same time, still, you know, being brought to your attention and done in a context. And and I would say, going back, we keep repeating ourselves, repeating ourselves a lot in terms of what we're saying this episode. But I, I think that this episode probably handles the subject matter and does it more in a way, more effectively than any show that I've seen, at least in the last year or two. Uh, that deals with it, you know, Blue Bloods, hashtag as an example. Um, So, yeah. Um, So, I mean, like, we've referenced other shows, like Southland, you know, brings it up as sort of issues across its run and things like that as well and does it in a different light as well. But, you know, each to their own. Certain shows are going to do it in a certain way. Other shows are going to do it in another way. It's it's, it's how uh, television and this sort of stuff works. Uh, but and it depends on the audience they're going for exactly, too. Exactly, exactly. It all comes down to that point as well. We're to the ratings point of this episode here, Darvell, and uh, now just to refresh our listeners' memories, and you you are aware of this because thank you, you have listened to the show. Our rating system, of course, is if you love this episode, you're going to buy it. If you thought it was a medium episode, you're going to rent it. And if you thought it was a shit episode, then you've seriously watched something different because this is not a shit episode. But you would bin this episode. Uh, so I'll ask you first: Are you buying it? Are you renting it? Or are you bin? This is your very first time you get to rank on the Oz Network, so it's an iconic moment here on the show. And what will he say? <laughs> da, da, da. That is the question. The audience waits <laughs> with a bated breath and learns that Darvell will. <gasps> <laughs> He's really creating the tension here. Definitely. <laughs> definitely buy it. Absolutely. I would definitely, definitely, definitely buy this episode. I am 150 to 200% with you. Uh, not a question in my mind that this is a buy it. Um, I think anybody watching this episode would see that. So, f- for sure. Um, so- and this makes, what, six or seven in a row for you that you would buy? Oh, look at you knowing my now? track record. I like this. Uh, five in a row. This is... Um, so, in terms of that, that is the first time in third watch I've gone five in a row. So, there is a new record for third watch. Um, I mean, Brandy was on a string of four in a row, so I'm sure she would have bought this, so she probably would have been joining me there. The only ever time I've ever gone five in a row for a show um, was uh, Lost, where I went first five episodes of Lost, and uh, then I went, and these are episodes that are nowhere near being released yet, but spoiling this for future release, uh, I've bought episodes 16 to 20 in a row of Lost, so... Um, five episodes in a row I've lost. I've done twice, but I've never cracked the six in a row. Will I crack six in a row next episode? You'll have to wait and see. Um, but that brings yep. us, I think, Darvell, perfect segue there by myself. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, to the next episode, Jimmy's Mountain. Now, um, I've talked about this a few times, uh, this season already. You know, I've, I've always been sort of up there and around the point when it comes to fire or fire episodes you know centric episodes they're not my favorite right I, i'm never like whenever i get a solely episode on fire fighters i'm not always completely drawn into it as much as i am on the other ones but that's not to take away from the fact i dislike them i just think they're not as engaging and again you can't do as much with firefighters as you can with cops and paramedics but 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 jimmy's mountain's a great episode i i really enjoy oh. it 
Uh, I like how it sort of played out. You know, Eddie Cibrian is great in this episode. Um, sort of the the way they connected him with his narration, the flashbacks, the sort of you know part of his history, and we kind of just get a, a new side to Jimmy, and kind of we learn a little bit more about his character. And also, importantly, big third watch moments here in terms of characters. We get our first new major character this season since the beginning of the show. We meet Taylor for the first time. Alex Taylor, the esteemed Amy Carlson, a character that I was always... Fantastic actress. Absolutely agree. I was always so down on her for a large portion of my fandom of Third Watch. I've come around on her, thank God. I like Amy Carlson. I like uh, Alex Taylor. And also, just on a side note, he's not a major character. He's never billed as a major cast member. He's kind of one of the side fireys. We get to meet uh, Lieutenant Johnson for the first time. He's still an important character. I mean, he does get an episode named after him in Season 5, so I think it's kind of important. And uh, also, I think, is this the first episode we get Lombardo next episode as well? Um, I think so. So we get another side so. fiery. Who, he's a bit of important character this season. So I like the side firefighters. They're always some of my um, sort of favorite side characters. And yeah, I like this episode. Anything else out on Jimmy's Mountain? I, I'm looking forward to talking about that one. Oh, oh, I definitely am. So keep it tuned. Yes. Keep it tuned because coming up next week, Jimmy's Mountain. Jimmy's Mountain, coming soon. And as always, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, we appreciate all feedback that you uh, wish to give us when it comes to our Third Watch episodes. Uh, if you're on iTunes, remember to subscribe. And uh, again, I just want to take a brief moment to please ask if you do have a spare moment or two and you're an iTunes user, if you could please leave us some feedback, give us a star rating, leave us uh, you know, some comments there. It takes two minutes of your time. All we ask for, it would be very much appreciated if you could do that. And also, if you do use Spotify, Stitcher, the same thing on those as well. Uh, as I said, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. Again, we're not on Tumblr because we're not 14-year-old girls. So that's basically the only one we're on. Um, but it's Our apologies a- to any 14-year-old girls who might be listening. <laughs> Yeah, they're not the they're not the least of our worries when it comes to offending people. Um, but yeah. uh, before before I close yeah. this out, I just kind of uh, quickly to you. Thank you very much for joining. I'm very glad that you're on board. And like, I just want to go back to about six months ago when I was a dream of mine to find someone to podcast third watch about. That was like my one time podcast goal. This show that I love. The fact now that I've got two of you guys that I can have on the show to talk about third watch. It's it's fucking fantastic. So thanks, Darvell. I appreciate. Just a quick thank you to you. And you're very welcome, and thanks thanks for having me on, man. It's, uh, thanks for having me on. I, it's re- a I really appreciate it, and I look forward to hopefully being on more. Well, you'll be on next one. We can at least tell you that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, but to close yep. it out, my name is Ben, and what does a guy have to do to get noticed around here? <laughs> Couldn't tell you, but... <laughs> My name is Dar- my name is Darvell, and I came here for your bagels, not your Bible classes. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>